It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. You are Locked On Raptors, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hey, what's up? Welcome to episode number 216 of Lockdown Raptors for Friday, October 27th. I'm your host, Sean Woodley, RaptorsHQ.com. You can, of course, find me on Twitter at WoodleySean, and the show is on Twitter as well, Lockdown Raptors. You can find links to every single episode, and you can also read stuff at LockdownRaptors.com. I've been a little quiet this week just because uh, I've been insanely busy and had a weird schedule, but more written stuff coming down very soon. I'm writing something about the Portland Trailblazers and the Raptors coming out on Monday for sure. That's going to be partnered with a really fun podcast as well, so make sure you stay tuned for that. Um, and there'll be much more writing next week and going forward. It's just been a weird week this week in terms of schedule. Um, and I promise that won't be an excuse I use all the time. It really was a weird week. Anyway, uh, Locked On Raptors is part of the Locked On Podcast Network, which hosts team-focused shows for all 30 NBA teams. And it's also part of the Locked On Network of blogs via FanRag Sports. Uh, I'm not really sure what to call it just yet, but... FanRagSports.com is hosting all uh, 30 NBA teams and all 32 NFL teams with with local blogs uh, attached to the podcast. And uh, like I said, LockedOnRappers.com, LockedOnChiefs.com, LockedOnBills.com, LockedOnLakers.com. Uh, all these sites. You just go to them, check them out, subscribe, rate, and review the podcast on iTunes. Uh, and you can do that with us, Locked On Raptors on iTunes. Leave a rating, leave a review. It takes no time at all. Uh, it really helps to move us up the rankings. Just to, to helps to boost our visibility and all that good stuff. So please do that. And I would uh, be greatly indebted to you. All right, on today's show, speaking of Locked On Lakers, I chatted with Anthony Irwin uh, of Locked On Lakers about the Raptors and Lakers and how they compare sort of in their team building structures and uh, just sort of their directions as franchises. We talked about Lonzo Ball, Kyle Kuzma, uh, a whole bunch of different stuff with the Lakers uh, and the Raptors as well. And just one of these crossover episodes that I think people really liked last season. Uh, so I'm not going to waste any more of your time. I'm going to get right to it right, right now with uh, myself and Anthony Irwin. On Monday, got a really fun podcast coming down uh, about the Blazers and the Raptors. Uh, it's an interesting sort of concept, but uh, stay tuned for that one. I'm not going to spoil who the guest is yet, but the guest is really fun, and I'm excited about it. So uh, stay tuned for that on Monday morning at some point. That one's already recorded and in, in the can. Um, so yeah, it'll be exciting. Enjoy the weekend, everybody. Enjoy the game tonight against the Lakers. Enjoy uh, just hanging out this weekend. I don't know. Whatever you're doing, have fun. It's a nice fall, wonderful weekend. If you're doing Halloween stuff, be safe and all that good stuff. And if uh, you're not, because Halloween is a scam, then uh, also have fun with that, too. All right. Uh, let's get to the conversation. Myself and Anthony Irwin. Have a great weekend, everybody. We'll be back next weekend with a, next week with another edition, uh, another five editions. Man, I'm losing it. It's the end of the week. I'm dead. Uh, we'll be back next week with five more episodes of Lockdown Raptors. And thanks for so much for tuning in. Uh, and uh, enjoy the conversation. Bye. All right, it's another Locked On crossover. Sean Woodley from Locked On Raptors here with Locked On Lakers host or co-host Anthony Irwin. Harrison Fagan uh, is uh, taking the night off, apparently. Uh, but happy to have Anthony here. We're to tee up the Raptors and Lakers on Friday night. How you doing, man? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. I, Harrison is is busy trying to learn how to man up, so it's just it's just <laughs> us for tonight. 
Yeah, well, that's okay. We did we talked like a year ago, I think, like maybe like eleven months ago when the Raptors played the Lakers last, and I thought it was a good chat. It was kind of an interesting kind of dive into fandom and the mentality you have for a season. And I remember this time last year, you seemed like kind of resigned to the fact that yes, the Lakers started off pretty well, but you seemed pretty realistic about their expectations. Uh, they're two and two now. There has been some good. There's been some bad. Lonzo Ball is both the best player on earth and the worst player on earth. Um, I guess let's start with Lonzo. I suppose how has I mean it's so hard to say like whether or not he's lived up to expectations through four games because it's four games and it's stupid to try to do that. But uh, thoughts on Lonzo so far is like honestly I think the Lakers are one of the few teams that I've watched like maybe like a half a game of so far this season where I just like. I don't know, they just never come, on, come up on League Pass for me, so maybe just, like, give the Raptors fans a little bit of a, a sort of Cole's notes on how Lonzo's been so far, I suppose. So, it, I'm not going to put it against expectations, because expectations for Lonzo Ball were always ridiculous. You know, <laughs> people were talking about transcendent talent, the next Magic Johnson, the next Jason Kidd, the next Jesus Christ. I, I, it's, it's, it's just all <laughs> over the place with Lonzo, especially if you're listening to LeVar. But for me, what I've wanted to see from his game, I have. I mean, his passing ability has lived up to the his his lived up to the bill. He seems to he looks at the game in a way that I would like my point guard in the NBA to look at the game. He right. he's a facilitator first, and then he kind of you know picks in he, he, a little too conservatively for my liking as of right now. But he picks his spots to attack for himself personally, and. You know, he just kind of lets the game come to him. So, for a rookie, I guess that's all you can really hope for, especially a rookie point guard who, I mean, you have Kyle Lowry on your team. It takes NBA point guards a little bit longer than other positions to figure things out. Fortunately for Toronto, Kyle Lowry figured things out after he left Houston. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, Lonzo is fun, man. The the one little stretch of the... I think it was the Pelicans game I watched, actually, where they almost came back. And Lonzo didn't really figure all that much into the comeback there. That was mostly, like, Jordan Clarkson inex- inexplicably doing things and, like, Kyle Kuzma. Um, but I guess we can talk about Kuzma in a bit. But, no, Lonzo seems like a lot of fun, and I, I wish people would stop just, like... With all the rookies, really, it feels like everyone's kind of already painted each rookie as what they think they're going to be. Like and everyone, I sort of that's like a maybe a straw man. I don't know, but it seems like a lot of the conversations, like, oh yeah, Markel Fultz is like already worse than Jason Tatum, and Jason Tatum's already a monster, and De'Aaron Fox is already incredible, and like Lonzo Ball is whatever the hell Lonzo Ball is. It's like just chill, man. We're we're like four games in. It's fun. Just appreciate the rookies when they do cool things and understand that when they don't do good things, it's like a it's a learning experience. You you have to take all of those takes with a mountain of salt because a lot of it has to do with what they wanted that player to be in the first place. Yeah. Like out here in LA, people wanted Jason Tatum to fail because he's a Celtic. So people out here, I mean I'm 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 as guilty as anybody. I don't really like the way he shoots. I think he does other things on the court for pretty well, but you know, he's he's okay. He's he's an okay rookie, just like people out there in in Boston are probably looking at Lonzo and saying, "God, look at that shot." There's no way that's ever going to go in, and it's going it's going to be a self fulfilling prophecy to a certain extent or a uh, confirmation bias with all of these guys. And I, I tweeted this out last night. One of the most annoying things that I find in all of analysis, especially when it comes to young guys, is 
people are so obsessed with being right with their predictions that they actually start rooting against success from any of these young guys. And like, I just, I can't get myself to go there. I can't get myself. I obviously hope that I'm right. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I don't, I don't want, I don't want these, you know, I don't want the uh, wrongs to start stacking up against the rights. But at the end of the day, if, if I don't think, for example, I don't, I'm not really too positive about Ingram, but if it turns out that I'm wrong about Ingram and the Lakers wind up having a really good player, then awesome. Yeah. <laughs> Great. Yeah. That's cool. But for some reason, I, I, I kind of look around and when people start talking about uh, young guys, it, I just kind of go back to what they said about that player before they were drafted and their current take starts to make a little bit more sense. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Look, man, not every rookie is OG Ananobi. They're going to take time to become a superstar. And OG's already there, and it's it's fine for the other guys to be playing catch-up. It's okay. Um, yeah. yeah. He Kyle, has the best name I've ever heard. OG. Like, oh, it is. real OG. It's, it's unbelievable. so good for writing and for the <laughs> the broadcast. It's fantastic. The the public address guy at the at Raptors games, Herbie Kuhn, is still kind of trying to figure out exactly how to say it, but... He has that problem with most players, so uh, he'll he'll get there eventually, maybe. Uh, yeah. Kyle Kuzma, what's going on with this dude? Um, honestly, I, there was a part of me that thought the Raptors were going to take him because they just take Utah guys, and I was expecting him to join forces with uh, DeLon Wright and Jakob Pertl this season. Uh, instead, they took OG, of course, because he fell. Uh, but Kyle Kuzma, man, like that was a pick they got in the D'Angelo Russell trade, and I'm sure that probably doesn't. And we can talk about Russell if you want. I know you are uh, particularly upset about what's going on with Russell and how that whole thing was handled. But like Kuzma, is he like, I don't know? Do you think he's real? And we got him four games in, so this is dumb to be even talking about. But like, I don't know. It's got to be at least like a nice little bonus to have a second round pick, or sorry, late first round pick, who's like kind of looking like a real NBA player whereas you know sometimes sometimes guys get drafted in the first round and they just don't look like anything right away so Kuzma's still ahead of the the curve a little bit there um and like Raptors fans kind of know like having a guy who kind of pops unexpectedly and Norman Powell like that was a lot of fun man that was great and you want to sort of root for that guy to succeed and maybe Norm will or won't live up to expectations but it's really fun when he kind of you know goes ahead of what you would expect in his first season and Kuzma's doing that right now I, I, I want to I want to just say I was on the Norman Powell train because he went to UCLA and I really liked him at UCLA and then he got to the NBA and he kind of started becoming like a cold hero yeah. among NBA Twitter and then I think he just got paid right so he did yeah yeah so like I, I was it was kind of a it was kind of a fist pump moment but yeah with with Kuzma the Lakers had a guy Anthony Brown who was taken in the late first round. And, and never figured it out, yeah. ever. Never came close to figuring it out. And on either side of the court, he was supposed to be a 3 and D guy. He wasn't expected to do much, and yet he still fell short of those expectations. Kuzma came in and had zero expectations. Yeah. It's hard for me to really lump him in with the D'Angelo Russell trade because the Lakers had the pick 
I believe, right after they actually took him with. So okay. unless you think that somebody was going to slide in and take him the pick immediately before the Lakers, maybe, you know, I guess there's a there's a scenario in which that plays out. But at the time, a lot of people thought that the Lakers were, were reaching on this guy. And I'll say this. I'm... I'm still just like I was last year with early season success that the Lakers had. I was just kind of like waiting for things to regress to the mean. Yeah. I'll, I'll say this about Kuzma, though. He's done things and added things to his game over the short period that I've that we've watched him out here in L.A., and that's really rare for me. He, he, he came into Summer League, and he was just a rim runner and gunner, basically. Mm-hmm. And then... In preseason, he was doing a lot more off of the dribble. Now in the regular season, he's doing a lot more on on the boards and on the defensive side of things. That he's not looking completely lost all the time. So he's just he's just gradually getting better. And I don't think you can really expect much more out of a player who succeeded the way he did in summer league and then continued to add stuff to his game the way he has. I think if he like let's just say if he goes top ten, you're he'd be getting rookie of the year buzz already. And it just it, a lot of this has to do with going twenty seventh. How many uh, is Kuzma better than Lonzo Ball's takes? Lonzo Ball <laughs> takes have been uh, written so far. I I don't really see it much out here from <laughs> from Lakers Twitter, but I do see it from a lot of the people who don't really want Lonzo Ball to succeed. Like we talked about earlier, if people didn't like Lonzo Ball coming into the draft or people don't like LeVar Ball, those are the ones who you start hearing like, hey, Kuzma's actually shown more. He's three years older and people tend to forget that, but but still <laughs> he's somehow this uh, a higher prospect than Lonzo. I just It's this weird either-or thing that goes on. I mean, it, you kind of get it out there with Toronto where, yes, Toronto has had this fun run and they've they've struggled in the playoffs but that doesn't mean that they this run is no any less fun it, they've had a cool run out there and it instead of saying that both things can be true that this can be one of the most fun stretches in Toronto Raptors history and it can also be true that it's frustrating that the way that they play in the playoffs those two things aren't mutually exclusive it's just a matter of putting those things into proper perspective so I think Lonzo Ball can be really good, and Ben Simmons can be really good, and Kyle Kuzma can be really good. That's the best case scenario for the NBA, anyway. That's a that's a bold statement there, Anthony. I don't know if that's true. <laughs> I think only one can be good. There can only be one good player in the world. <laughs> Isn't um, that like a? I think that's like a phrase from a movie, right? There can only be one. Yeah, I, I don't. Probably a bad movie. Yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. Not a very nuanced movie, at least. <laughs> not a nuanced <laughs> movie at all. I'm, uh, I'm curious, though, about Toronto. Cause, yeah. So the Lakers are in this... They've kind of been in a rut, and it looks like they're on the way up. I mean, they have to be, considering the depths that the franchise got to. But Toronto, the Raptors kind of feel like on the other end of that spectrum, where I don't want to say that they've necessarily plateaued. I'd like to see them with a full year of Ivaca. And I'd like to see as they progress and DeMar DeRozan start shooting more threes. I think that's been a thing early on this year. Do you get that same sense? Is that is this like a, you know is this the 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 precipice or is this the is this 
the beginning of the decline, or do you think there's still another level that they can reach? I think this is kind of a weird season because they kind of hit reset on everything uh, over the offseason, like set up this new three-year window by signing Ibaka and Lowry three-year deals, and uh, DeRozan signed up for another four years beyond, or three years beyond this one. And like it kind of hit reset because now you're not worried about dudes leaving at the end of the year. You're not worried totally about like getting as far as you can in the playoffs because that threat isn't there. Like the future of the team doesn't really hinge on whether or not the Raptors make it to the second or third round this season. Uh, and it's kind of nice. It's kind of refreshing that way. And I also think you know while like Patrick Patterson and PJ Tucker and Corey Joseph and to a much lesser extent to Mari Carroll. While they were like useful players for the Raptors, I think the upside might be a little higher now in terms of what they can do over the course of this window now because they don't have uh, those guys who you kind of know what they are, but they have a bunch of young dudes who so far this season have flashed a lot of really promising signs. And again, it's four games in, so who's to say if OG Ananobi is going to be anything in his rookie season on the whole? But so far, the return's been pretty nice, and he looks, you know, he wasn't even supposed to play until December, uh, let alone be like part of the rotation in, in you know, mid-October. So the returns have been really nice so far, and even if this season isn't quite as, uh, I've kind of looked at this season as more of like a transition year where they can be good and also develop young dudes at the same time. Like mm-hmm. that's not a problem, especially in the Eastern Conference, which is just total ass. Um, yeah. But like, I think they're kind of setting themselves up where if everyone kind of coalesces at the by the end of this season, you can go into next year with like a realistic expectation that could that that could be like the best Raptors team of this era. Because you'll have the young guys one year further along, and you'll have Ibaka, Lowry, and DeRozan still presumably in their primes or close to it. Um, so, like, while I think that conference final run a couple years ago was like the peak they've reached so far, and last year was a bit of a step down, and this season could be as well. I still think there's a chance for like another peak within this era because Masai Ujiri's done a really damn good job of yeah, keeping sure. sort of both fires going at the same time, like being good and also developing young guys and really committing to it. And I think it was smart that they didn't give all the money. I mean, they tried to bring back P.J. Tucker, but ultimately I think that's going to be good in the long run because, you know, not having P.J. Tucker means that OG has to play and he's, you know, getting thrown into the fire and learning on the fly and playing, you know, important minutes against the Warriors on Wednesday night, for example. Um, and, like, with P.J. Tucker, you probably wouldn't get that. And it's, it's nice sort of having this season where the expectations don't quite feel as high, although I think they kind of maybe uh, had the goalposts moved on them a little bit when Hayward got hurt, because maybe there's like a more of an opening to make a conference finals or whatever, or be that team that could potentially sort of give a fake challenge to LeBron and lose in five games in the, fi- in the conference finals. Um, but even then, I think the expectations are lower this season. I think people are much higher on like the Wizards and Bucks than they are on the Raptors. So if this season ends in a second round loss, like I think that's totally fine, and you can look at next season as like the real go all in season with this core and then the collection of young dudes they have and then who knows maybe one of these guys really pops and maybe og becomes like a, a pseudo star in the next couple years or maybe delon wright becomes a guy who should be starting on some team somewhere but is still your backup and you're playing him a bunch of minutes with lowry and whatnot and i don't know it's it's there's a lot of possibilities and it's probably going to be end end up somewhere in between of like a the sort of a same kind of feel the last couple of seasons and something better, but I, I don't know. It's it's a promising and sort of fun team to be following right now because you're not really exactly sure where the peak is going to end up being. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. 
Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I I kind of think this is where professional sports are going, where the all-in, it's really rare that a team will go 100% all-in. Like you, You're even seeing it with the Warriors, who yeah. have more of a reason to be all-in right now than anybody, seeing as they are <laughs> probably the best basketball team ever assembled. And yet you, they're still purchasing guys like Jordan Bell, and they're still trying to bring uh, the, another kid from UCLA, who I'm blanking on right now. They're, uh, yeah, Kevon Looney. Who they're they're just they're trying to inject youth into an already stellar roster. The Celtics are doing it out there in Boston, where they have a, a whole slew of young guys who they were going to pair with. Unfortunately, now that it's not going to happen because Hayward's ankle is facing two different directions. <laughs> but it's but that's kind of where professional sports are going right now out here in LA. I don't know how much of a baseball guy you are, but like the Dodgers are saying, they are starting a rookie. At first base, they have a second-year player at shortstop. Puig is only in his fourth year in right field. And they have all these contracts coming off of the books. So they're in the World Series right now, and the thinking is that they can now contend, not just right now, but moving forward to the future. And I think it's kind of exciting that, that more front offices are thinking this way because there's always novelty whereas I think right now like you just mentioned a second ago that some people have the Wizards in Milwaukee ahead of the Raptors in their rankings of of potential with teams in the Eastern Conference and I don't really necessarily agree I think they're all kind of even with each other it's Mm -hmm. just that the Raptors aren't new they there's no real novelty to the Raptors so people are anxious for some kind of mix-up people are waiting for Giannis to make this jump and he has he's tremendous but I don't know if Milwaukee as an organization is ready to take that leap with him and I I guess to to get to this long-winded point I think the Raptors are doing this 100% correctly and I I wish Magic would look at it the same way versus sending D'Angelo Russell out at a chance for signing <laughs> LeBron James when he's 35 years old with more miles than anybody who's ever played the game. Yeah, that the whole thing is fascinating to me. And so when we talked last year, you seemed like pretty, I don't know, you were pretty up on Russell, I think. The rest of the young guys, I think you were kind of sort of lukewarm on. And Ingram, it seems like you still kind of are. Um, and I would say Lonzo probably would replace Russell for me as like a guy that I think is probably like a sure thing. He'll be like a good player at the very least, it seems like, on that team. But other than that, it's hard to really pencil in anyone for like guaranteed success. Um, I don't know. Where, like, where's, how's your mindset as a fan now a year later? Does this whole LeBron and like free agency stuff with like Paul George and whatnot, does that give you more hope? Or is it kind of a pipe dream that you're looking at it as? And like, because it does make very little sense in terms of why LeBron would go west, why you would go west to play with a team that has been bad for a long time and doesn't have, like like I said, like doesn't have a lot of like sure thing talents. It's not like he's going to a team with Kyrie Irving and then a number one overall pick that they could trade for Kevin Love. Like It's a little bit more bereft of talent than that Cleveland team was. 
And he's older at this point, so like, why would he, like? It seems like a step back for him in terms of roster, and it makes it more difficult for him. I know there's the business interest, and maybe he just doesn't care about titles anymore. I find that very hard to believe, but maybe that's I, I don't know. Maybe that's the case. Maybe he just wants to be a businessman. Who knows? But um, yeah, like, where's your head at in terms of like the direction of the franchise now versus a year ago? So I think it's a pipe dream. Okay. First and foremost, like I, I have to start it that way. I think that the LeBron stuff is a pipe dream, and that's why I'm so down on the D'Angelo Russell trade. I also think, like, the issue for me with the D'Angelo Russell trade, and people are, are rolling their eyes listening to this podcast right now because I, I bring up Russell so often. But, <laughs> but it's it's you could make that move when it's when you have to clear up space once you get the go-ahead from lebron that yes i want to come to los angeles but i'm only going to do so if you open up enough space for me to bring a paul george or a boogie cousins with me right and and so once you get that go-ahead once you get that email from from his agents and his uh representatives now all right now you get going on on clearing out as much space as you possibly can because you know you have that coming Whereas right now, unless the Lakers have done more tampering than even the Indiana Pacers think that they did, they don't know that. There's no way to know that. And if this, you know, Russell has played really freaking well over the the course of this early season, and if you traded away a potential, I don't know, I'm not going to call him a blue chipper quite yet because I think he still has some questions, but if you're going to trade away maybe a four-star, a four-out-of-five-star player, and get nothing but one year of Brooke Lopez in return, I think you really got to question what's going on there. And if they're doing that with the sole focus being getting LeBron and they don't get LeBron, then it was unmitigated failure. And, and, and honestly, those people who made that decision deserve to maybe have their the, the seat underneath them get a little hot. Yeah, I kind of agree with everything you said there. It's it just doesn't make sense logically for why LeBron would want to go there. So the fact that they seem to be lining themselves up, it feels like a lot like the Knicks what the first time LeBron moved, where they, mm-hmm. it seemed like they were just trying to, you know, set themselves up and sort of just counting on their you know cachet as an organization to to get the deal done. And that's just not how it works, man. <laughs> like dudes want to go where they're gonna win, and like I just I don't really see it taking place. So yeah, the the Russell thing. Because of that, it, it does it rubs me the wrong way too, and the fact that Russell's been so good so far this season. I mean, yeah, you're right; he does have some issues uh, and things to work out. But you know, it's been really fun to watch him flourish this season for sure. Yeah, um, yeah. I'll, I'll say this about LeBron: I think the only person who was flat out objectively wrong in predicting what LeBron might do this next summer is the person who is hardlining thinking that they know what he's going to do. I don't think yeah. he knows what he's going to do quite yet. And, no, yeah. and I agree with you that like go, going to the Lakers doesn't make a bunch of sense for him if he wants to continue contending for titles. And I know he wants to continue contending for titles because that's the point of the whole damn thing. Yeah. But all that said, if he thinks, you know, if he wants to go out and unite the banana boat crew out here in LA, uh, and the Lakers can clear out enough space for him to do that so he can just kind of have fun in the twilight of his career, then that's on him. That's his personal choice, and it's on the Lakers to try to make it happen. I just don't know if that's what's actually best for the organization moving forward because, like we just talked about, everybody else is is trying to win now and also build for the future. And if you go 100% in on uniting the Banana crow, Boat Crew, you are completely crapping on your 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 future years down the line. Yeah, you're not you're not really doing either of those things because no. of the circumstances in the West and with the Warriors. That's 
Yeah, it's interesting. That's why I kind of like what the Raptors have done. Even though the Raptors don't have, like, the flexibility to go out and sign somebody, uh, the, I mean, the Raptors aren't, like, a traditional destination anyway, although I think their perception is kind of changing. Um, but, yeah, like, I, I'm okay, you know, not having a lot of flexibility in order to have, like, a stable and good team locked in. And then you can figure it out as you go. And, like, they have a bunch of young dudes and assets that they can potentially trade for something. They, they have a lot more pivot ability, I think, than the Lakers do at this point. So it's uh, it's interesting. Uh, before we go, I guess maybe we should uh, predict the game tonight that we oh. haven't previewed whatsoever. Raptors are six-point favorites. Uh, they've lost two in a row against the Spurs and Warriors. They have to think they'll enjoy going up against the Lakers defense after what they did the last two games. But uh, what do you got in this, in this matchup with the Raptors favored by six? So I think the Lakers will cover because that's one thing the Lakers have kind of done all season. Even when they get way down, they kind of claw back into it and they make a game out of it. Right. Um, and these young guys really like playing with each other, so uh, it just it makes it easier for them to play hard and, and kind of play up to the competition. But at the end of the day, I mean, the Lakers don't have anybody nearly as good as Kyle Lowry on their team. They don't probably have anybody nearly as good as DeMar DeRozan. I think Brooke Lopez and Ibaka are, are maybe about a, a wash mm-hmm. at this point in both of their careers. So I, I would obviously take Toronto, but I don't think it'll be any kind of blowout. I actually really like the matchup. It, I think it'll be a really fun game. Uh, both teams kind of match up interestingly with each other. So I, I'd, I'd take Toronto, and I would probably... The Lakers just played really well defensively, which means they're due to give up like 150 points. <laughs> so, so it'll be like 115 to like one. 08 or 109 or something like that. All right, yeah. I uh, It's been four games of Kyle Lowry not looking so hot and not shooting very well, although in the second half against the Warriors, you can see things kind of coming together a little bit. I, I'm tempted to just predict one of those Kyle Lowry FU games where he goes for like 35 and like 8 and shoots like 6 of 10 from 3. And I'm feeling a blowout after the last two games for the Raptors. They've looked pretty good against both the Spurs and Warriors, but obviously the Spurs and Warriors are very good at defense and good late in games and are just good in general, and they ended up losing. So I'm going to say the Raptors like win this by like 10 maybe, but uh, maybe it's like, a, it's like a 10 that was like 20 for most of the game kind of thing. But I don't know. I'm a homer, so who the hell knows? Could be totally wrong. Lonzo Ball could <laughs> eviscerate Kyle Lowry. Uh, without Jonas Valanciunas, maybe Brook Lopez goes off. Although Brook usually demolishes Valanciunas, so uh, that might end up working in the Raptors' favor if he doesn't play. But this will be fun, and uh, this was fun. Anthony, thanks for coming on, man. This was uh, this was a good chat to cross over the network. Make sure you're subscribing to Locked On Lakers and Locked On Raptors and le- reading LockedOnRaptors.com. I'm not sure if you guys are doing written stuff for Locked On Lakers just yet, but uh, if you are, do you have anything to plug or anything like that? No, 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 not too much. Right. <laughs> Some people, there, people are using these sites differently, and everyone has different commitments, right? So I don't really know what everyone's doing with these new fan rag sites, but uh, they're cool either way. Yeah, it looks cool. That's yeah, for sure. It's rad. Um, I just used the word rad. I don't know why. <laughs> was, was we it? should end it before we go back to the '90s. Yeah, that was not very rad of me. All right, man. This was uh, <laughs> this was fun. But next time the Raptors and Lakers play, we'll have to do this again. Absolutely. Have a good one, man. Cheers. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.